Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, during this hour, Speak to us in a way, O Lord, that our lives would be filled with your spirit. Speak to us in a way, O Lord, that our souls would overflow so that we would leave this place not just as hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So several years ago, at least 10, probably more like 12 or 13, but eh, time just sort of gets lost. Anna came home from preschool. So she's in high school, preschool, you get the idea. Anyway, several years ago, she came home and she brought this box. It was about this big. It was, you know, a heavy paperboard box, probably about this wide, probably about this tall. And she had written on the outside of it in that wonderful preschool scrawl that they have, blessing box. And then it was decorated in sort of fall colors with some pumpkins and something that I think that was supposed to be a turkey. I'm not exactly sure, but she could tell you what it was. And she brought it home and the idea that the box had a slit in the top of it. And so each day during the month of November, we were to take a strip of paper and write down something that we were thankful for. And we were to stuff it in that box. And so that was to continue all the way up through Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving Day, after we had our Thanksgiving meal, when we were sort of in that that pre-Thanksgiving afternoon coma, just before you fell asleep, we were supposed to pop the top on the box and pour out all these blessings and then read all of those strips of paper and then say a prayer of Thanksgiving for everything that we had been given and that we were thankful for. 
Now, sure, this was a wonderful one of those preschool projects that has multiple purposes. I mean, it was to help practice penmanship. It was to help to start to realize that the letters had meaning. It was to use fine motor skills and creativity. But the real lesson was what the box was about. This idea of realizing that we had been given much and needed to say thank you to God for them. The text that David just read uh, this morning, Jesus is walking along the road between Galilee and Samaria, walking into the border region. And as he comes across 10 lepers, 10 men infected with this horrible, grotesque, cruel disease, highly infectious. So what was partly cruel about it was the physical effects of the disease, but it was also the communal, the psychological effects Because they were highly contagious, no one wanted to be around them, so they were pushed out to the edges of society, isolated. And so as they physically suffered in their pain and in the disease, they also suffered in their heart and in their mind because they were isolated. So in some distance, they see Jesus and they call out to them and say, Lord, have mercy upon us. Have pity on us. Heal us. And Jesus does just what they asked. He said, you'll be healed. Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they go along the road, as the story goes, one of them realized that the disease was gone from his body. That the effects on his skin and his body were no more. And so he turns back to Jesus and says, thank you. Jesus asked the question, were not 10 healed? What happened to the nine? See, what he's really asking is a question about gratitude. He says, were the nine not thankful? Did the nine not realize the blessing that they had just been given? Did they not realize that they had been given something they didn't deserve? See, the one realized all of that. The one realized as he looked at his hands, at his arms, at his feet, as he walked down the road, as Jesus sent them down, he realized what had happened. And he realized he had been healed. He realized the very blessing in his, in his presence. And then he went and he threw himself at Jesus' feet because he realized he did not deserve it. That Jesus had just given him something that he didn't deserve or earn. And he was thankful enough to turn back and do all of that. But I think for us, when we read this text, we need to ask the similar set of questions. Have we taken a full account of the blessings that God has given each of us? Are we fully aware that when we look at those blessings that they are beyond us, that they are not of our own creation? These blessings are truly gifts from God. And have we turned back in our lives to give thanks to God for them? I mean, this is what this passage is really about. It's about this idea of abundant gratitude, realizing that we have been given much in the way that we say thanks to God for it. 
I mean, when we think about just the idea of blessings, that's part of what this scripture is about. I mean, when was the last time that you really took an accounting of all the blessings in our lives? I mean, they kind of fall into four categories. If you think about it, you have sort of the, the temporal, the financial blessings. I mean, it's, it's your savings, it's your home, it's your income, it's our stuff. I mean, when was the last time that we really took an accounting of those things, all of them in magnitude, to understand how much we have been given? Then there are physical blessings about our bodies. I mean, our health, our fitness, our strength, our inner and outer beauty, just who we are as human beings. Then there are the blessings in our relationships, our friends, our families, those mentors that have guided us along the way, our coworkers. And then there are spiritual blessings. I mean, just merely the forgiveness of God is not, I mean, that's just enough, but we take that a step further. We have our church, our pastors, our mentors in the faith, those that have taught us and shared it with us and helped us grow in our faith. But it's our prayers that have been answered. The hymns that we sing that speak to our hearts. Those scriptures that we open the Bible and turn to in time of need. Scriptures that we have highlighted and run our fingers over enough that we've worn the page thin that we could almost see through it. Scriptures that we know by heart but still turn for comfort and assurance. See, I think what happens is that too often in our lives, we get focused on the things that we don't have. We don't focus on the blessings right in front of our faces. Instead, what we get focused on is looking down the street or up the street or across the aisle at work and see what someone else has and the blessings in life that they have and the things that we don't have. And we get caught up in our shortfalls and our shortcomings and the discrepancies. We get caught up in not the blessings that God has given us. So a man one day really troubled in his life, he went and sought spiritual advice. He went and talked to his rabbi. I mean, you can do this often. You can talk to your priest, your minister, your rabbi, whoever it is that's in your life that is your religious leader that cares about you. You can come to us and ask us these questions. And so this man goes to his rabbi and he says to him, he says, Rabbi, he says, I, 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 I'm really struggling. So I, I just need to complain a little bit and get you to help me figure out how to make sense of this. And the rabbi says, okay, I'm game. And he says, so here's the deal. I've got six kids, my wife, my mother-in-law, and myself. We all live in a one-room house. I mean, it's crowded. It's noisy. We're in each other's business. No one can sleep at night. It is just utter chaos. How come I don't have the blessings of life to have room and everything like others have? And the rabbi thinks for a minute, and then he says, do you have a chicken? And the man says, yes, I've got a chicken. He goes, great, take the chicken out of the coop and put it in the house with you. Let it be in there for a couple of days and then come back and see me and tell me if things aren't better. Now, strange advice, right? So you can only imagine what happens. And so a couple of days go by, the man comes back, his hair's even wilder, his eyes, are, I mean, he just looks like he had no sleep and he's just frazzled to no end. And he says, Rabbi, I'm really concerned. You told me to put a chicken in the house. And that would make things better. So I live in a one-room house. 
with my six children, my wife, my mother-in-law, me, and a chicken. It is noisy. It is smelly. There's all this noise going on. I, it says it's horrible. What can I do? And the rabbi looks at him, ponders for a minute. He says, do you have a goat? The man says, I've got a goat. He goes, great, put the goat in the house. You'll understand. So the guy goes and he puts a goat in the house. A couple of weeks go by, he comes back and now his hair is, he's just about pulled it all out. He's almost bald. He's, he's, he's just bloodshot eyes. He's exhausted. And he says, Rabbi, I've done everything you said. So I don't understand it. My life is more chaos. The house is constantly noisy. It smells bad. We're in each other's business. I'm sleeping with a goat. As a matter of fact, I've got six kids, my wife, my mother-in-law, a goat and a chicken. What do I do? And the rabbi says, put the chicken back in the coop, put the goat in the yard and come see me in a couple of days. The guy comes back and the rabbi meets him at the door and says, how is everything? He goes, oh my goodness, rabbi, my house smells better. I sleep soundly at night. It's quiet. And the rabbi smiles and he goes, you are truly blessed. You see, the man had failed to realize the blessings right in front of his face. He was worried about space and why he didn't have all the things and he had everything that he needed. And his life was just fine the way it was with his six kids and his wife and his mother-in-law. They had all they needed right in front of him, but he couldn't see it. Too often that's true for you and me. We get worried about what others have and what we don't have, and we fail to see what's right in front of us. So I'd love for you to do an experiment with me for the next, I don't know, it's two and a half months. So if you go in home this afternoon, dig around in that junk drawer that you have or wherever you store office supplies, and if you don't have one of these, then you have to go buy it. But if you've got a notepad or a notebook, a spiral bound one, Take that out of wherever you've got it or go pick up one. And at the top of each page, write the day's date. And for the next two and a half months, I want you to write down each day a blessing in each of those four categories. So today, write down something that you're thankful for that falls into that temporal land. Things like your job or your house or your income or your wealth or your, or your stuff. One thing that you've been blessed with and that you're thankful for. One thing in the physical realm, let's think about, you know, your body, your health, your fitness, whatever it may be, write that down. Something in your relationships, a person or something that's happened that you, for whom you are thankful. Something in the spiritual realm that you are thankful for as well. And do that every day. And if you do it today and then you turn the page and you do it tomorrow and you turn the page and the day after, if you do that from now until the end of the year, that's two and a half months, think what it will look like on New Year's Eve when you turn back to the beginning and you begin to count all those blessings. I mean, really what you're writing is a gratitude journal, is it not? It is a one blessing each day that you, are, that you have identified something for which you are thankful. Sort of a score sheet of your blessings. Those things that are right in front of us 
every day. Of course, part of understanding our blessedness and the blessings that we have is realizing that they come to us because they are beyond us. They come to us from God that we have been blessed by God with this stuff, with this list of blessings. I mean, you think about it, everything that we have, all the blessings in our lives are gifts from God in heaven. They are not of our own design. Now there's challenges, this idea that we have in our world that we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. But when we begin to realize that even the ability to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps comes from God, then we begin to understand what the lepers understood. You see, they understood that they were healed because God interceded in their lives. Who we are, what we have, what we're about, what we do day in and day out is because God has interceded in our lives. God is the ultimate gift giver. And everything that we have, because we are just merely God's children, has been a gift to us from God. Simply because God loves us, period. Nothing more, nothing less. We have been given what we have because God loves us. And everything comes straight from God. It reminds me of these two guys that get shipwrecked on an island. Now, those of you that think immediately of Gilligan's Island, just hang with me on this. But you've got Bill on this side and you've got Fred on the other, and they're shipwrecked on this island. And after a couple of days of staring at each other, they decide that they're going to divide the island up. They're going to have their own halves of the island. So they divide it up and they start to pray for themselves. They start to pray for their existence. So Bill over here, he's praying that, you know, that he'll have some food. Fred's over here praying, you know, as well. And so this goes on. And sure enough, as Bill prays, that he has some food. Food begins to grow on his side of the island. Now, Fred's side is a little sparse. But Bill keeps praying. And as soon as he's praying that he has shelter, and sure enough, something happens, some stuff washes ashore, and he's able to build shelter. Meanwhile, over here, there's not much going on. And more prayer happens on this side of the island, and he prays for companionship, and sure enough, something tragic happens out at sea, and there must be another shipwreck because a woman washes up on shore on a raft, and they fall in love, and they get married. It's something right out of the movies, right? And so that's happening, but over here, it's still kind of sparse and lonely. And as time goes by, prayers on this side. Bill's praying and he prays to be rescued. And what happens, but yet a ship pulls up and drops anchor out there in the cove and they come to rescue them. And as Bill and his wife are climbing up, God shines down and speaks to him and says, aren't you going to invite Fred to escape with you? And he says, well, he says, Lord, I thought about it, but he must not be worthy of being saved. He must be cursed because the whole time we've been praying, I've been getting these riches and his side of the island still looks the same. He's barely getting by. He's worse off than he's ever been. He must not be worthy. And God said, oh, but he prayed. He prayed, but one prayer and he prayed it every day. He is worthy. He said, what was the prayer? He said, your friend prayed that all your prayers would come true. You see, God interceded 
God interceded because he heard the prayers. But more importantly, what comes out of that is this whole list of blessings that are on this side of the island. They happen not because they were better people. They happen because God interceded, because God bestowed them upon these two. And God bestows upon us many blessings simply because God loves us. God loves us pure and simple. So when we begin to understand that we are blessed and all that we have are gifts from God, then the real question begs, what are we to do with it? As we go down the road of life, are we to continue going or do we need to turn back? Do we need to turn around and go back to God and say to God, thank you. Thank you for what you have given me in my life. I mean, what would happen if we took that prayer journal, that gratitude journal? What happened if we took that at the end of each day, after we wrote those four things for each day, if we spent five more minutes with it and we said a prayer of thanksgiving over what we realized we had been given that day? Think about the prayers that we will have prayed through the end of the year for Thanksgiving. Or what if we took those gifts that we've been given and we returned a portion of them to God in the way that we lived our lives? We took a portion of the financial blessings that we have and we showed, we sow them out into the world so that God's kingdom may be enriched. Or we took a little bit of our time and our abilities that we have, our human response, and we invested our whole lives in the ministries of this church or in the community to make a difference. Or we built relationships with others so that they would know what we know, that we would give them the gift of friendship that we have received from others. What would happen if we took the gifts that we have been given of faith and, of, and our relationship with God and we shared that with others so they too might receive those blessings. See, I think what really happens on Sundays like this is that we find ourselves at a crossroads. We find ourselves at this place and we have to decide to, for us, we'll read this text, are we like the nine where it's all about us or are we like the one that turns and gives thanks to God for what we have been given? See, when I think about this text, I really feel sorry for the nine. When Jesus asked that question, what happened to the nine? We all want to know, but I think, what did they miss out on? And here's what I think the nine missed out on. They missed out on the joy of opening up the blessing box and pouring out the slips of paper and realizing all the ways they had been blessed in their lives throughout them. But especially on that day. They missed the opportunity to count the blessings. They missed the joy of the blessings. They missed the joy of gratitude, of saying thank you. See, I think when we invest our lives, our relationships, our temporal resources, our very selves and the mission and ministry of this church, we begin to show the world thanks. We begin to turn back and we show the world what saying thanks to God looks like for the blessings that we have received. And it's in that moment that we really make a difference. It's in that moment we understand deep in our hearts how blessed we are. 
So this morning, the question for us is, are we the nine or are we the one? And may the cards that we return be a symbol of our gratitude, a symbol of our gratitude for the abundance that God has given to us as we say thanks and as we strive to make a difference in the world the way God calls us to. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.